In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's June 29th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 45 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're up north, eh? Next to our igloo, eh? Wearing lumberjack shirts, eh? Surrounded by mounties, eh? And moose, eh? And a couple of beavers, eh? Yeah, and drinking beer, eh? Molson Canadian, eh? Sitting next to the barbecue, eh? And covering our barbecue with maple syrup, eh? Because... It's Canada Day weekend! Okay, enough with the stereotype. It's frickin' hot here. Yeah. It's hotter here than it is down south. Well, maybe some places down south. Some places down south. I got that verified in Georgia, at least. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be extremely hot in North Carolina, where my brother now is, so... We've been checking the weather to see what it's like where he is, and it's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Oh, man, it's just hot. It's like yes, oppressive. Yes, too hot for igloos, thank you very much. And there has been very little rain of late. Yeah, sadly. It's that oppressive hot with no cloud cover that has promise of rain. And humid. It's yucky. It calls for much air conditioning when you need to knit. Yes. And because when the weather's like this, the preferable thing is to stay inside, there has been knitting! So, adventures in knitting? Yes, well, the entropy spirits struck me. Well, yes, it was through none of your- it was none of your own fault, though. I did not finish- the cardigan because I ran out of yarn. But I did get the next skein in. I had to track down my sources. Your dealer? My dealer. My pusher. And I only got my skein in yesterday. Yeah. So I only have half a sleeve left to go. Yeah. You would have been finished if you hadn't run out of yarn and if it hadn't taken a while to get another ball. Yeah, so... Not your fault, in other words. I've almost got a sweater, eh? Almost, eh? <laughs> okay, we'll stop now, yeah, I, I swear. We actually... I, I never say a. Eh. I mean, I don't either. And because I couldn't work on the sweater, and I, for some reason I picked up the one-by-one one ribbing and I've just been carrying it around with me, I'm now going to measure this bugger. Yeah, that's a good idea, because I was just thinking it looks fairly long. Well, I know it's not 60 inches, because... No, but... So I'm at 26 inches, so I'm closing in on ha- a halfway mark, which isn't Almost. too bad, considering it's just my nonchalant zen knitting. Yes, it's the... And let's remember... One by one ribbing of doom. Yeah, it's one by one ribbing of doom, doomy doom. Doom, 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 Sorry, little invaders in. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so you've got... And but Sorry, what pattern was that again? I keep calling it the ribbed cardigan. I'm going to have to... Give me a second. Because you're almost done the vodka lemonade cardigan. Yes, I, I am. Say. Oh, and I got told off again in an email yes. for not having updated my pictures. So I did. My <laughs> pictures is now updated, dang it. Yes, I need to take pictures of stuff. It's just especially recently when I have been home. Okay, so this is actually the Easy Ruffle Coat by okay. Rachel Mad, published in Mad Madness. So that one's still trucking along, at least. Yeah, it's going to be a trucking along thing for a little while, I believe. I has a feeling this is all going to be one-by-one knit. Yeah. But that will make it, like, super soft and squishy. It will make it fitted. You know, I think think it will be worth it at the end. Oh, it'll be worth it. It's just getting to the end. Yeah, it'll just have to be a zen knitting exercise. Mm -hmm. It will have to be a meditation technique. (laughs) And I haven't touched the... Socks, the catnip socks. Other than to take pictures of them. Okay, so that's it for you? That's it for me. 
Okay, I don't have a lot to report on because the main thing I've been knitting on this week is super top secret and I cannot discuss it. So, I have been doing a little work on the twisted stitch socks that I've mentioned before, though I've only got the heel done on one, and it's a tad bit tight, so I'm kind of trying to fudge it at the moment. But, uh, yeah, so they, they're moving along a bit, but there hasn't been a huge amount of progress since last week. The other thing I have worked a teensy-weensy bit on is my Fair Isle sampler scarf. I basically picked it up again and finished the little pattern that was I had sort of stopped in the middle of last time. Luckily, it's just a simple, like, diamond and X-shaped pattern, so it was pretty easy to figure out. But I kind of want to, I kind of want to pick this up again sometime this week, though I'm kind of also tempted to, like, start a pair of socks or something and try knitting them continental, because I usually knit English with my yarn over the, my right hand, Mm -hmm. and so I've been tempted to, you know, just practice knitting continental so that it's maybe a little bit less awkward when I'm holding a yarn in each hand for this project. The other thing I have to do is ask Michelle, a friend of ours who has actually worked on like Farrell sweaters and stuff, um, exactly what she does with her ends. Because I only have like two little pattern things here, and I have a heck of a lot of ends, and I really don't want to have to weave them all in. So if anybody out there has done Farrell stuff before and knows of a trick, or like knows if it's, you know, this is in like Shetland wool, it's in Jameson's Shetland Spindrift, which I've heard can be like very sticky. So it's actually it's actually less likely to just sort of unravel. So you know, if I could just leave the ends, I was gonna say, and not weave them in, especially because I'm doing this as a closed tube, like I did the right. magic cast on for the very right beginning. Right now, it looks like a pocket. Yeah, or bag or something, because I did the magic cast on for the beginning, so it's all nice and closed. And then I'm going to Kitchener the top, so you're not going to be able to see the inside of it. <laughs> So uh, if there's any way I could, you know, sort of leave those and not weave them in or anything, that would be kind of nice. But we shall see. If anybody knows about that, please let me know. If anyone knows if I can be lazy, please let me know. Being efficient. Lazy. Whatever. And then the other thing is I haven't actually started knitting this, but I have been thinking about it a lot. I have been very tempted to do a lace weight shawl, and I sort of got out some of my lace weight and took a peek at like how much I would need for a couple different projects and that sort of thing. And I kind of decided on what I want to do. I've had this Knit Picks uh, shimmer in my stash for a little while, and shimmer is 70% baby alpaca, 30% silk. And I have two skeins, and it's 440 yards, so I have 880 yards to play with. And mine is in the shallows colorway, which is sort of blue and turquoise and greenish and light sort of turquoise, aquamarine, you know, very oceany colors. So I was thinking about what I wanted to do, and I was looking through patterns, and I was asking a couple people about stuff, because, of course, it's alpaca silk, and there's so there's no wool in it. And alpaca, even though it's, like, very warm and it responds like wool in certain things like that, it's also not as... It doesn't have the same memory that wool has, so it doesn't bounce back as much. Okay. And it can be... I have read something that it has, it's very drapey, and it doesn't hold structure very well. So, which I don't think is as much of a concern when you're talking about, like, a lace weight shawl, but it's something to be maybe aware of if you're, like, knitting a sweater or something, because it'll be very drapey and, again, like, very loose. It'll sort of just hang. It won't keep a specific structure. Do you have to worry about structure when you're thinking of things like eyelets and a lace motif, do you think? I don't think so. I think, like, it'll block out... Okay. But I know, um, I think it was Glenna who responded to my tweet about 
Um, anybody know what alpaca does when you knit it? Anyone can give me some hints that might be good for selecting a pattern? Um, and she mentioned that you wouldn't have to block it as, re-block it as often. Okay. Or even, or re-block it at all unless you're, like, actually washing it. Whereas, you know, wool, over time, you know, even if it gets a little, you know, sprinkly rained on and stuff like that, will start going back into the, the right. cat barf shape that it is when you're knitting it. So, but, so I was thinking, and of course with the colorway and everything, um, I think I want to do the Lakeshore Shawl, which is one of Glenna's patterns by Glenna C. And it's done, it's originally done in a 100% silk. So I'm thinking some of the characteristics of that fiber. And it's in her Urban Collection, which is an ebook. So you can buy things separately or you can buy the ebook. I usually don't buy like the ebooks or I usually won't buy like a huge pattern collection because there's usually only a couple things I want. But in this case, I happened to look at the ebook and I sort of started adding up all the different patterns I wanted to knit and I realized it was more than the cost of the ebook. So I bought the ebook. Wow, that's pretty. It is pretty. That has got a lot of open work and a lot of texture. Yes, it's very pretty. And of course, it doesn't hurt that like I live very near a lake. Yeah. So. The connotation and the colors sort of have meaning, though with Lake Ontario, it's not really, you know, clean blue water. It's more like green algae. Green. It's brown. At least when I went to it. Yeah. Sometimes green or brown. But the blue of the light on the reflection of the dead fish on the shore. (laughs) You have to remember, I'm coming from growing up with water that is that color. Yeah. That is honestly that color. Yeah. So I'm a little bit jaded anyway. Lake Ontario, not so much. That is much pretty. I yes. really like I really like the edging on that. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's a, you know, you knit the set edging on sideways after you're finished. Mm, very, very nice. Of course, part of me is telling me that I really shouldn't be doing this. I should instead be trying to clear the decks because Ravelenic Games is coming up. Oh my gosh, what did you call that? <laughs> yes, the Ravelenic Games instead of the Ravelympics. Everybody's still going to call it that. We just can't. Yeah. Officially call it tag a name to it or yeah. something like that. Whatever. But yeah, so that is the new name for the Ravelry-based summer... Sporting festivities. Sporting-related event. But yes, so you can join our Ravelinic... See, I almost said it. Ravelinic Games team. That Ravelry thing. Still accepting members and... We have some very interesting suggested. positions. Yeah, some people have, have self-selected some very interesting positions. Yeah. That, um, shield agents are going to get a lot of, um, personal attention. Except for one, man. Except for one that I hear. I'm, I'm leaving that. (laughs) Coulson is mine. Completely (laughs) under your jurisdiction. For anybody who didn't know, yes, the shield agents are in our team. Of course. Duh. Duh. But yes, so feel free to join. Okay, so going from shield agents into Avengers for Geek Squee. (laughs) Yes, moving into Geek Squee. The Avengers has not only broken box office records, it has also kind of screwed with... It's broken Hollywood? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. There was a really interesting thing that I saw this week. Though it didn't start out as interesting. It started out as, ah, no! Apparently, the movie The Bourne Legacy, which is the fourth in the Bourne series. Series, yeah. The first one without Matt Damon in it, too. But starring Jeremy Renner, who AKA was in... Hawkeye. Yes. A.K.A. Um, Legolas. <laughs> I mean, I saw the the headline on the Mary Sue that says, Universal Delays Born Legacy Bald-Facedly Admits It's Because of the Avengers. And I did a, a, one of those big, No! Because I really want to see this movie. And thankfully, it's only been moved back a week. 
But the thing is that, I mean, a lot of times, I know in other summers, even with the big blockbusters that come out, they come out, they, you know, make tons of money their first weekend, they make quite a bit of money their second weekend, third weekend. Within, like, three or four weeks, they're gone. Yeah. From the movie theaters. Yeah. At least from, like, the main, the first run sort of thing. Like fire and gunpowder, they do kiss and consume. Sorry, that's what I always <laughs> think of when I think of from Romeo and Juliet. They make a really big impact and then yeah, gone. fizzle and they're gone. You know, which is why, like, there's been movies like Batman Begins. I didn't see it at the movie theater. I will come on. I was interested in seeing it at the movie theater, and I didn't get to. Because by the time I got to go, it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> after, like, three weeks. Yeah. I think with the same thing with, even with a couple other movies. I th- I'm trying to remember. I think Thor last year was another one of those, and I can't remember some of those. But I know, but usually in the summer, it seems like if you want to see a movie, you have to see it the first couple weeks, because otherwise it could be gone. Because there's big movies keep coming out, and they just, you know, shuffle them right off to, like, second-run theaters. But the thing that's happened with the Avengers is it did really well. And continued doing really well. And continued doing really well. And then still continued doing really well. And even though it's no longer (laughs) at the top of the list anymore you know, the top of the box office, it's still out there. And people are, like, it's been out for eight weeks, and it's still showing. And the reason it's still showing is it's because it's still making money. Yeah, it's still making money. It's people still... will still, people are still buying lots of tickets for it. I know our local theater is still showing it because people are still buying tickets for it. And it's and... out doing other movies. And then as, which, you know, led to Universal's decision on why they've delayed the, the latest installment of the Bourne franchise... In their press release, it says, Just as the Avengers demonstrated marketplace sustainability that well outpaced traditional patterns. In other, in other words, words just, holy just crap, as. We didn't expect that to work yeah. that well. It says, The industry expects a similar trajectory for The Dark Knight Rises, releasing July 20th. The Bourne Legacy was originally supposed to come out on August 3rd, and so they decided to put it back one more week so that if The Dark Knight Rises. Well, because they expect The Dark Knight Rises will hit really big. That way, it'll give it a little bit more distance from The Dark Knight Rises' open week, opening weekend, give it a little more time for that movie to maybe die back a little bit, and also gives them more, chan- more time to promote it, because Universal owns NBC, who is showing the Olympics this year, so they can Ooh, run... Right, 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 right. And that way they can run more ads during the Olympics. Right. But it's just kind of interesting. And they mention... In the Mary Sue article, something that um, I've experienced a little bit the last few weeks, as you may have noticed, which is that a lot of movies that could have opened at number one at the box office are getting passed over by consumers who just decide to go see the Avengers again. Yeah. Case in point, Karen. Yes. Karen has been to see Avengers how many times? Uh, four times. I would totally go see it again, especially if someone wanted to go to the drive-in, because the drive-in is showing Brave and the Avengers on the same screen, which never happens. There's never two good movies on the same screen at the same time. But I mean, this person who was writing for the Mary Sue said that, you know, they've had a choice between seeing Men in Black 3, which, you know, was reviewing quite favorably, as they said, and seeing the Avengers again. She chose seeing the Avengers again. Yeah. And I mean, it's something like, and I mean, I know with myself and probably with other people, it's sort of like, well, I could go see this movie, which I don't really know how it's going to be. Like, even though, even if you read reviews, you never really know how it's going right. to be. Or I could go see this other movie, which has gotten sort of love it or hate it reviews or, you know, that sort of thing. Or basically, I can go see this movie, which is an unknown quantity. Or I can see something that I already loved and which I would totally watch again. And people are going for the watching again, apparently. Now, the one thing this article doesn't really get into is, like, why is this happening? (laughs) And partly, I think it's because, you know, superhero movie is popular, yeah. 
But I also, you know, have to think that a lot of people think Avengers is a good movie. And people want to see those good movies. Even when they've been out for three weeks and something like Battleship comes along. Which everyone knew from the get-go was going to be a stinker. I mean, come on. So, I mean, that one was expected to be a blockbuster, probably in the sense of, like, you know, do a really good opening weekend, and then the, and then the next weekend nobody goes see it, goes to see it. But it's already made a whole bunch of money. Right. Actually, it hasn't made back, at least just looking at the U.S. box office, it cost $209 million, and as of, like, June 24th, it had made $63 million in the U.S. Ouch. So they're going to be banking on the world release to break even. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, so it would be nice if maybe Hollywood would get the impression like, oh, maybe we shouldn't stop banking on blockbusters that will do well the opening weekend before everyone realizes that they suck. And maybe let's make good movies. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to ha- how long that's going to happen, though, because... Yeah, as I was telling Maggie earlier on the Down in Front podcast, they were discussing the sort of summer blockbuster thing in Hollywood. And, you know, one thing they mentioned is that when you're in pre-production or something for a movie, it's really hard to quantify good movie. Like, you can say, oh, it's got these stars in it. Oh, it's got all these visual effects in it. But, and a bunch of other things. But that's still no guarantee. Yeah. I mean, just today I was listening to their commentary for Cowboys and Aliens. And that has all kinds of stars. It had Steven Spielberg as, like, executive producer, and John Favreau as the director, and all kinds of cool visual effects, and it didn't do that well. And a premise that really should have been awesome. Yeah. Like, blow your socks off awesome. And it didn't really do that well, so. I think just at this point in time, a lot of the geeks and nerds have grown up to be the money spenders. Mm-hmm. Like, we are, we are now the parents or, you know, the people at the jobs that have the money. And what are we going to spend our money on? We're going to spend it on cool movies. Yeah. Cool geek movies. And we want to see good movies. Yeah. We want to see enjoyable movies. Ones that we will rewatch again and again and again. I am anticipating that a lot of people are going to get multiple DVDs of The Avenger when it comes out because you know they're just going to get worn right through. I am kind of tempted to get a Blu-ray player before The Avengers comes out on Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm thinking about it anyway, but, you know, that would be good timing. <laughs> Anyways, moving along. The one of the next Disney installments, I believe it's by Disney, isn't it? It would have to be. It would have to be because Cause they own that character. Yeah. One of the next Disney installments is a movie for Maleficent, who is the big evil nasty queen with the double horned headpiece in Sleeping Beauty, the animated version. Mm-hmm. And Disney is now making a story from Maleficent's point of view. This has been likened very much to Wicked. Yeah. Because it's being shown from the quote-unquote evil person's side of you. Witch or evil fairy, whatever you want to call it. And Angelina Jolie is playing Maleficent. And I've seen a couple of behind-the-scenes photos, granted very blurry and whatnot, and she has two humongo horns sticking out of her head. Yeah, I think it was just sort of this re- this week or last week that they really released some pictures from the set. I mean, she still looks beautiful. She's Angelina Jolie. Yeah. But uh, she's got horns sticking out of her head. Yeah, there's been some that uh, people have snapped using, like, telephoto lenses during filming. Yeah. Of her flying. Yeah, apparently there was a flying scene going on because they had her strapped to certain harnesses and yeah, wires and everything. 
So it looks like, well, of course, it's hard to tell from the pictures because they're so far away and kind of blurry. But I am kind of wondering if they're doing some of her makeup digitally. Well, this is the story of how she begins. So she may True. start out very, you know, normal looking as I guess she would look with horns. Yeah. And then she starts going into that gaunt sort of green skinny look. Yeah, that might be you know, her, part of her development. Yeah. Yeah, and that one's coming out in March 2014, so should be interesting to see what happens with that one. I mean, at the moment, just the you know the description of it is just that a Sleeping Beauty tale is told from the perspective of the princess's evil nemesis Maleficent, which doesn't really give that many details, but it should definitely be interesting, and you should really check out some of the pictures because it is interesting how they translate that animated one, especially the makeup, yeah, into actual human. Yeah, come to think of it, she does look quite a lot like Elphaba from Wicked with that green skin. And there's kind of tons of articles that come up. If you put in Angelina Jolie Maleficent, it just uh, comes up with tons of articles with new set pictures. I kind of like how they're doing all of these movies with the history and background of and different points of views. Yeah, fairy tales are the new big thing. Yeah. And I mean, part of probably part of the reason for the different points of view is that they're fairy tales, they have been done time and time and time again. So they kind of have to find a new take or a new way to tell it. Yep. To try and get the audience in the seats. And of course it's going to be a 3D movie. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so interesting, one of the other people that's going to be in, in it is Imelda Staunton, who played Dolores Umbridge. Well, they are filming in the UK, there had to be somebody. Yeah. yeah. It's like some sort of British filming tax break contract. Like, you can get these tax breaks for filming in England, but you must cast at least one person who was in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, and speaking about amazing fashion choices... Hello, nurse. So, Prada has released their menswear fall-winter 2012 collection, mm -hmm. and it is somewhat steampunky inspired. And I mean, as soon, admittedly, when I saw this headline, I was sort of like, oh, you know, corporations annexing a subculture for their own gain. Oh my god, what have they done to it? That sort of thing. And then I saw the photos. <laughs> oh, hello. They've d done some really good marketing for this. Yes. I mean, for one, they've got the, they're modeled by Gary Oldman, uh, Garrett Hedlund, who I don't, whose name I don't recognize, Jamie Bell, and Willem Dafoe. And, oh boy, do they look good. Yes, Think they of do. like, you know, sort of long, sort of like Victorian or Edwardian sort of like duster jackets or that, that same sort of, in some cases it looks almost sort of like an old, more old fashioned, like almost military. That's a double-breasted, yeah. Defoe, or there's that short jacket there, yes. which looks like, actually looks like the jacket that, like, the chauffeur wears on Downton Abbey. And Gary Oldman in this one picture we're looking at is just wearing this lovely long duster coat. And there's some that look almost like old-school smoking jackets. Mm -hmm. With There's a lot of, like, pinstripes and polka dots in one case. And some with these sort of wider collars. This looks very aviator right yeah. there. There's one with, it's a black jacket with these white lapels, lapels and like white collar. And they all have, are those pins or what are they, those, those are very high pockets. Like, those look like pins. They're, yeah, they have very high pockets and those look like pins. And then like these elaborate, when you zoom in, it looks like these sort of elaborate sort of steampunky pens in the pocket. But and most of them are wearing some sort of like stick pin. They're all wearing neckwear. Like this guy here is wearing turtleneck and then 
a collar or an ascot or an ascot okay okay <laughs> underneath a high collar and yeah it does have a have sort of so it gives that sort of high collared look that you get from like victorians but stuff. they all do look very polished yes i think that's the thing it all looks very polished and dapper and mm, very much elegant and the willem defoe always does sort of look like a villain and oh hello see that jacket like see there's one there's a couple here of jamie bell he played billy elliott in the movie he was the thing i've seen him most recently is in is the the version of jane Eyre that came out last year there's one of him in a, a, a double-breasted jacket and i swear the way he's standing and the way his hair is combed and the collar and everything it looks like i can't quite identify who but i'm thinking like there's there's got to be there's pictures of someone i have seen who was like on the titanic or something and they're very it looks very similar in some ways and I mean, it's mainly in the cut of the clothes, and then sometimes they've got these sort of glasses or the, the stick pins or something. Which one, are thing, one thing I have noticed, go up just a little bit again, occasionally, especially with that cropped, tight-waisted jacket, mm -hmm. that has a very far-reaching lapel that goes over. Yeah, the, the lapel goes, all, goes over, like, mostly all the way across the torso, really. It's almost a wrap. Cut of the clothes and some of the, the fabrics they use. And then, like, the stick pins or, like, the... There's one pair of glasses that a couple of the guys are wearing that look vaguely... It's vaguely steampunky. Obviously, it's not going to be totally steampunky because yeah. this is their... This is their... This is Prada. Yeah. And it is their menswear line. It's not like right. the, you know, extremely wacky... We're not going to get corsets, tights, and, you know, goggles. Yeah, and gears but, and... But we... It does have a Victorian dapper polish on top of something a little bit just a little bit edgy or futuristic and i do kind of want to tell any guy that like dude wear this and you will get laid yeah because <laughs> hot damn wear this and you should just be able to walk into a room and panties will combust or boxers depending what room you're walking yeah, into and depending what room you're walking into we are coming up on pride weekend yeah and and what your flavor is <laughs> i just need to get them to reintroduce the kilt into everyday society again oh baby please yes and then this weekend too not only is it all those pride parties in toronto will have an extra second of pride this weekend That's actually true. how's that for a segue man way to go <laughs> Because this weekend, this Saturday specifically, is going to have a leap second. By the time you guys listen to this, yeah. it will have passed. It will have passed. Did you enjoy it? I hope you made good use of it. Yeah. Because basically what happens is that the people who control, who decide on like calendars and things like that, horologists, as they're called. Actually, I did know that word. Yeah. I, I think I would have, I might not not have remembered what it was, but I would sort of recognize it as a word and be like, crap, what does that mean again? The only reason I know it is because it's the main noun in the steampunk pirate book that I've been reading. <laughs> yes! And she explains it right at the beginning with its dictionary definition. Yes, it does have steampunk leanings, I think. But yes, so they've added in an extra second because it, basically because the Earth doesn't have like a really consistent spin, it does wobble a little bit. And so there are certain inconsistencies in the Earth's rotation. So, I mean, I'm looking at an article on io9 about it, and it explains it takes our planet just over 86,400 seconds to make its 360-degree degree rotation. But because the Earth is affected by the gravitational pull of the sun and the moon, along with the rolling of the tides, our planet's rotation is slightly slowed down. So these occasional little missteps is what makes the Earth sort of get out of sync with the atomic clocks of the world. Right. 
which again, I'm reading straight from the io9 article here, which uses the pulsation of atoms to measure time to an accuracy of several billionths of a second. Dang. I is impressed. But yeah, so to make sure that to resynchronize those two, what they do is they have to add seconds every few years to make sure it stays consistent. Because obviously, like, okay, if you don't wait one extra second to change your clock to 12 o'clock a.m. on July 1st, it's not going to set your clock off by much. But obviously, I mean, it's like leap, it's like leap days or leap years. You know, if you don't add in that extra time, eventually things get quite a bit more out of whack. Yeah. It builds and builds. And it might, in this case, it might take, you know hundreds of years for it to build to a point where we would really notice. I'm but, seeing there that every time a second is added, the world's computers have to be adjusted manually. Yeah. Yeah, that makes things more difficult. But, you know, like I said, after a while, it gets, if things get out of whack, it takes a much larger jump to get them back in whack. Yeah, it actually mentions high-precision systems such as satellites and some data networks will have to factor in a leak se- leap second or risk provo- provoking a calculation catastrophe. And for this reason, rocket launches are never scheduled for leap second dates. No <laughs> kidding! Really? I would not have known that. Yeah, actually, apparently the last, this will be the 25th leap second, and the last three were in 2008, 2005, and 1998. They started in 1972, and they had to add two seconds to the clock. So basically, for well, for us, tomorrow night, we get an extra second. Let's see. How are you plan- planning on spending that? I might be able to do one more stitch. One extra stitch. Other than that, uh, I will probably be oblivious. Yeah. Part of me, just because I know this and because it's such a tiny little thing, almost makes me want to like make sure I stay up just so I can be like, pick, yeah, an extra stitch. I was knitting during the leap second. And actually, kind of the cool thing is, on the Mary Sue, their article about it, they have a little display of a clock, and actually, technically, if a clock is accurately counting seconds at that moment, the time you will have a time of 2359 60, which is, of course, 11 p.m., 59 minutes, and 60, 60 seconds. seconds. Whereas usually it would only be 23, 59, 59, and then would switch over to 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, all the way across. Yeah, so how many clocks do you think have that zero option? I don't know, but I'd kind of like to see. Yeah. I kind of want to check my computer clock and see if it goes to 60. Well, yeah, because on the Mary Sue, too, then they mentioned, here's a list of things you can do with the extra time, including blink. Refresh your Tumblr dashboard. Listen to the first three notes of the Moonlight Sonata with its temp- tempo of 60 quarter beats a minute. Do half a sit-up. Make the decision to have a late-night snack. Unlock your iPhone, see that no one has texted you, and then relock your iPhone. Or as we said in our case, knit one extra stitch. Yep. And someone in the comments says, I'm going to use the extra second to sleep in. The extra second is really, really worth it. I'll second that. Hey, really? I will get any any extra time I can to sleep. I am not going to argue with Okay, so for Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, this is actually from someone on our Ravelry group who posted it in the Found Something Awesome thread. So Saucy Jill, thank you very much for posting this in our Found Something Awesome thread because, oh my god, it's so cute! So somebody very nearly died of the cute awesome Yes. Yeah. So there's a pattern that's been released called Puppet Love. It's by, I'm going to mispronounce this, Anna... Harachevic. She's the one who uh, does the Mochi Mochi Land mm-hmm. patterns. And it's a basic sort of puppet body for adult-sized hands. And there's a couple of variations that come with it, like a monkey, a bug, a bird. But someone on Ravelry, a user by the name of Before Sunrise, turned it into Loki! 
And not only that, they have it in the uh, Ravelry page as a little animated gift with Loki waving. Yeah, there's like three different animated gifts for it. So Loki looks really super uber adorable. You kind of want to pick him up, snuggle him, and then find out that he speared you through the chest with his horns. And you really should see it too, just to see like how she managed to do his horns. Oh my god. Because dude, seriously, that would have taken, well, by, by the look of the user's comments on the pattern, or on the project, I should say. Like, the horns took quite a bit of fiddling around and ripping and re to get them sort of the right curvature. But it's so cute. She even did a little tesseract. Does he have a big mustache? <laughs> In some of the pictures, there's a felt. She's just sort of taped a felt mustache onto him. Do I love in the, in I the wanted, comments? The little detail that I love here is that you can see his curly hair sticking out from underneath the helmet. Yes! I love that. That is so cute. Because, yeah, that that's part of what made him sort of smexy and smarmy. Yes, the, that long black hair. Yes, anyway. Private moment. Oh, I love in her comments, she said, he's going to knit some moths and hide them in my stash, isn't he? And actually, it's based on, she said, it's based on a couple comics. Oh my god, look at that one's rubbing his hands together. That's so cute. I know. Jeebus. And she has links to a couple comics that sort of inspired it with the Loki'd. Funny. It's actually, you can get it, you can get to it from the Loki doll. And probably, yeah, I'll just give you that. Tell you to go to, okay, go to, go to Ravelry.com slash projects slash before sunrise slash puppet dash love dash two. She links to a comic in the beginning that is quite funny. Yeah. And sort of explains as part of the basis. And then, of course, there's also a link to the infamous Tom Hiddleston Loki'd video. Video. Which you've ha- if you haven't seen it, like, really, you'd have to at least watch a few minutes of it because it's hilarious. But I, I kind of want to get this pattern and make myself all kinds of little puppets. And you could probably turn them into plushies pretty easily. Probably. Like, if you just, you know, make the body and then, like, sew the body up. Maybe knit a couple little tubes for legs. Or maybe not even that. Just, like, put the beanie baby stuff at the bottom and True. they could all just be weeble wobbles. But I would love to make all kinds of Avengers. Oh, my God. Karen wants a bunch of Avengers to go snuggly with. and Yes. I want a little Captain America, and a little Iron Man, and a little Coulson. And Coulson and Captain America can sit next to each other on the shelf. Are you going to make itty bitty little trading cards? Don't tempt me, ma'am. Don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> and you... I, can, I can snuggle them at night. Have you been sniffing my NyQuil? Maybe. Maybe. And I can make an itty bitty little, I can make a little Snape. Oh boy. <laughs> it's going to be my little happy puppet land. Oh boy. And then, of course, I would probably be tempted to, like, you know, make up little stories with them and take pictures and start. And Peanut's just going to look at you like, um, Mom. Peanut would be the alien that is invading New York. Oh, God. <laughs> the Avengers have to corral. So in other words, sticking catnip inside one of those dolls would not be a good thing. Uh, catnip would be fine because she doesn't react to catnip. It's the curry? Curry powder, on the other hand. Yes, my cat likes curry powder. Okay, Loki is pretty damn adorable. I'll yes. admit that. And anyway, also with a superhero theme. For the smaller child in your life, there's another alternative. This one, not so much a pattern. It's something you can get from the Goody Goody Tutus store on Etsy. I found this on the Mary Sue. They have pictures from this little store that does superhero tutus. We're looking at a picture right now that has a Robin, a Batman, a Superman, and a Wonder Woman tutu options all set up on mannequins. 
Yeah, basically, I mean, if you think of the superhero's costume, if you think of the torso of it, right? put a tutu on the bottom, and then give them sort of, like, floofy sleeves. Yeah, and we are talking, like, you know, mega ruffles kind of yes. crinoline. And the pictures of the girls wearing them are freaking awesome. Yeah, there's a few on the Mary Sue article, which are adorable. There's also fairy tale characters, like Snow White. That one for the Queen of Hearts is actually kind of cool. Yeah. I would wear that. That's really neat. There's a Thing 1 and Thing 2 tutu from Dr. Seuss. Pirate tutu with, I love it, the, the, the fabric for the torso or for the bodice is like basically, you know, skull and crossbones, but the skull's wearing a little pink bow. And the eyes are hearts. Yep. And it's such an adorable little girl wearing an eye patch and a pirate hat. And the eye patch has a pink bow on it. And of course there's Merida tutu. There's a little girl in what looks like a green and you know, Celtic-inspired tutu with a bow, as in the weapon, a yes. bow. Raggedy Ann. Cowgirl. Yeah. Which looks a lot like Jessie from Toy Story. Yeah. Tangled. Garden Sprite. Cave, cave girl. girl. I did that one Halloween. I went as a cave girl. Camouflage. This is for when the princess has to go hunting. Yeah. And you can find the store at Goody Goody Tutus, G-O-O-D-Y-G-O-O-D-Y-T-U-T-U-S dot Etsy dot com. Oh my god, baby's dress blues. It looks vaguely like military, yeah, like, like navy or marines uniform. And there's, it looks like there's quite a range of, well, there's quite a range of prices, of course, depending on the size and how detailed it is. And But it looks really cute. Yeah, they're really adorable. So yes, yeah, so I think that's it for, that's all we have for tonight, except for a couple notes. As we mentioned before, join our Ravelenic Games team. Yay! You've still got time, of course. We won't make you say A. No, we won't. We might make you do other things. Anyways. <laughs> but yes, you've still got loads of time for that. That's not until the 27th of July. But of course, now that it's July, we are coming up on Our one year, year anniversary. anniversary. Holy crap. Yeah, I actually turned back in my, my notebook that I'm using. I'm only halfway through it to our very first podcast. And I have it dated July 6th. 2011. Holy crap. That was the first night we re- we recorded. So That's coming up Actually, soon. if we if record in a week, we're going to be recording on our anniversary, I think. Wow. Or really close to it. But wow. It's been a year, you guys. But we have some special plans for this next month. And for peoples. We are thinking of prizey involved plans, which will be of the comment on episodes nature. Yeah. So stay tuned for new- more news in that sense. We're going to do it for the... Basically, we're going to probably do anything, any prize sort of draw thing. We'll be at the end of the month so people have time. Because I know there are people who, you know, they just find us or, you know, you get like a couple weeks behind because of stuff. Because, yeah, we realize that people have lives. Yes, because we have lives, too. You have a life? I sure as hell don't have a life. Hence why it takes a few days for podcasts to come out. (laughs) It's like, do we totally realize that people have lives? So, yes, but I figured just in case... Just depending on when we, because I'm not sure when we're going to record next weekend, but oh my god, dude, we've been doing this for For a year. year. That's kind of crazy. A year! A year ago this time, we were, like, figuring out how to do this. And we were just going to squee that, like, we managed to cajole, like, people we knew into listening to us. Yes. It was like, yay, we have a listener! Yay, we have a listener who isn't someone we know personally! Yeah, that was a big deal (laughs) for us. That was kind of awesome. When someone commented, we didn't already know them. Holy crap! And but of course, we wouldn't have had the last year if it wasn't for all of you guys who listen. We're still kind of amazed that this is still going on and that people around the world are actually listening to the 
stuff that sort of spills out of our mouths like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, I know. People actually want to listen to us blather. They should see us on Knit Night sometime. Oh, God. I would say it would destroy illusions, but then again. Yeah. But yes, thank you so much for listening, people. And on that note, we will leave you for another week. We've got moose, we've got beavers, and we've got mounties that we need to feed. And beer. And beer, eh? A happy Canada Day to all all our Canadian listeners. And happy July 4th to all of the Americans. Yes. And just happy weekend to everybody else. Yep. (laughs) Because, you know, there ain't nothing like a weekend. (laughs) Especially a summer weekend. Yeah, summer weekend. So... Stay cool. Yep, stay cool and... Keep knitting. And keep going. (laughs) And one of these days I'm going to get pictures of people, damn it. And we'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye! Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. Oh, the superhero 2 Do you want to do that in Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, or... We'll do that in Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Yeah, because I kind of want one of those. <laughs> like, me-sized. Okay. Okay, and for... You know, I can make you one for your birthday. <laughs> that is a very short notice, and no... I'm not going to make you be like, I have to finish this for Karen at midnight. Plus, I don't want Colson tutu. Little suit jacket with black tutu. Excuse me a minute. Because, see, the only other, other alternative that I'd really want is the Captain America one. But I would never wear the Captain America one. Because I'm Canadian. What about Vindicator? Who? It's a Canadian superhero. Wears a maple leaf. <laughs>